0: Welcome to the Hard Skills Podcast and Show with me, Dr. Mira Brancu. On this show, we discuss how to develop the nuanced hard skills needed to become an exceptional leader who can drive significant systemic change to make real impact. I work with leaders in healthcare research, STEM, and other technical fields working toward that goal, but we also go beyond that to other um, industries as well because it applies, right? Now, this is the second season as a reminder, so we're naturally focusing on the second stage of my strategic leadership pathway model, developing leadership identity. So today is a perfect guest for this particular topic. We're speaking with Dr. Greg Pennington on your signature leadership, your leadership signature, okay? how you map your personal pursuit of influence and impact. He's created a framework. I'm super excited to learn from him. So welcome, welcome, Greg.
1: Thank you very much, Mira. It is my pleasure to be here with you and just looking forward to having a great conversation with you.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Now, as a reminder, everybody, we value evidence-based practical solutions. So be ready, take notes, I always do, reflect deeply, and identify at least one small step to further develop your hard skills muscles based on what we talk about today. Let me introduce Greg's background. Dr. Greg Pennington is an expert in leadership and team development and is the managing partner of PenPoint Consulting Group. And his mission is to help you be the leader you imagined you can be. Dr. Pennington's experience includes leadership roles in human resources, diversity consulting, consulting psychology, high potential development and succession planning. He leverages over 30 years of experience in internal and external roles to provide a thought provoking and practical approach to executive coaching, targeted leadership development and accelerating high performing teams. By positioning diversity as the full utilization of all resources, he offers a lens to the impact of diversity and inclusion on an organization's values and business outcomes. He's always focused on learning through sharing. And he dedicates a significant amount of time and resources to professional associations and individuals in early stages of their careers and at transition points in them. In fact, that is how I got to know him. When I was first transitioning from clinical to consulting psychology, I took a beginner's peer supervision and training experience with him through the Society of Consulting Psychology which he previously served as president. And um, he was offering this opportunity and I jumped at it and now I've never let go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So welcome, Greg, to the show. Uh,
1: thank you, thank you again. And it's been a pleasure, Even for, obviously from that very beginning when you sh- showed up in that uh, group coaching, counseling support circle. So, and you know, I said then I'll always keep saying it's it's what makes it worthwhile is it being a two-way street so whatever you got from it just trust I got something from it as well
0: awesome yes it's always wonderful when you can find that mutually beneficial experience Mm -hmm. uh, with Mm -hmm. with somebody and I had another mentor who said the same thing when I was telling him you know I just I feel I felt so grateful for everything that he sort of poured into me and he's like Mira you do know that this was mutually beneficial.
2: Yes, yeah, so I got yeah, in,
0: yeah. as much out of this as you did. Yeah, I was like,
2: yeah. "Oh, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So. But it's true, yeah. Okay, so let's ease into this conversation yeah.
1: All right.
0: um, with something simple, uh, a simple conversation. I like to just um, chat a little bit. I'm on travel right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in Denver mm-hmm. for a team development engagement. It's about 30 degrees colder here than it is where I live, and I suspect where you live too, Greg, which yeah. is even further south than where I live. Yeah. So this is on my mind as a fun question to start with. What is your ideal weather?
1: Oh my! <laughs> so your my, ideal. Weather. No, that's that's a good question. So my my ideal weather is probably a um, seventy five degree steady temperature. Would you know? Sometimes we used to call it sweater weather because. Mm-hmm. 75 80 during the day and you know 75 70 ish in the evening so you can put on a little bit of sweater um but i got options then and um and those options don't include me shivering and so forth so that would be ideal yeah a little bit of change in weather so here in atlanta we get we get a piece of all the seasons i don't know if i could do 90 degrees all year long or you know, forty degrees all year long, but that—that's what I would say. Seventy-five degrees Celsius, I mean Fahrenheit, and I'm good to go.
0: I agree. Uh, that is absolutely perfect. Some people might say that is too warm, but they're crazy. Mm-hmm. I agree. You and I. Yeah. Well,
1: tell tell those people now. My floor heater is at seventy-three degrees. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yes, I do. I do keep the weather in our house about seventy-three, and I'm well, not sure agrees with this. There's
1: do. seven or eight degree difference between the second floor where I hang out and the first floor where my wife hangs out. So um, she insists <laughs> I need to get that stuff called Ger- geritol.
0: <laughs> Very funny. Uh-huh. Okay, <clears throat> let's move into your yeah. uh, framework. You have a book actually on this, yes. right? It's mm-hmm. called The Leadership Signature.
1: Yeah.
0: Tell us about um, what experiences have you had with leaders that led you to think about the importance of this leadership signature?
1: Yeah, and it's called Your Leadership Signature. So that-, that Your Leadership out, Yeah, signature. yeah. What's your leadership signature? Um, so a couple of quick reactions. When I asked my son about um, had he read the book, he said- You mean that book where you have to do some work so it's somewhere between a book and a workbook right Mm -hmm. but to your to your point question I, i i will tell you from a from a practice standpoint i just remember real clearly my first job as a human resources manager for savings and loan and i was working with the president of that savings and Loan, and one day i don't have to give the whole context but one day he said isn't that what a president is supposed to do so it's just like moments like that, from that early first job out of graduate school to recent times where somebody reflects on well, what am I supposed to do in the, in that particular role? So that's just a real trigger to, um, are you trying to fill a prototype or are you trying? To, yeah. And what does it take for you to compromise to fill that prototype? So there's something valuable, like you're saying that everything we talk about is evidence-based, even if even though I don't want to spend a whole lot of time giving citations, but but there's some there's some data that would suggest if you generally said a leader, president of a savings and all financial institution, coach of a football team, whatever the list is, parent. Yeah. Um, so there's always some data that says, statistically speaking, this is what those types of people do in those roles. But I just appreciate, Mira, that Somehow now I'm trying to figure out I like that suit. It looked pretty good in the, you know, in the window. But when I put it on, it didn't quite look right. So do I just need to alter it a little bit? Or do I need to go to a different store? Or do I need to lose some weight, gain some weight? But what's the what's the productive tension between here's what people expect in that role? And then what would be natural? Fluid, almost autonomic, automatic for me to feel it. But that that would be the, I mean, if I was videotaping, it would be when that when Bob, Bob said, and you know, I, I thought, well, he's working with the president of an institution. And uh, he said, well, isn't that what a president's supposed to do? And it was just not, I mean, intuitively what we're talking about didn't seem to fit his character or style, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, uh there are so many ways we can take this mm-hmm. that I'm thinking right now. And I really like your um term productive tension. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, the, the reason that I'm so interested in developing leadership identity is usually mm-hmm. a lot of people come to me, and usually they're women in leadership
1: mm-hmm. with
0: tension. It's not feeling productive,
1: yeah, yeah, right,
0: but it's it's tension around. The messages that they've heard or seen about what a leader is supposed to be yeah as you say and whether they believe they can fit that mold mm-hmm. or whether they um want to fit that mold
1: yeah
0: um and I guess I'm wondering um how do you see productive tension what what is productive tension where where um can people, so sort of yeah. find that feeling of like, this is good tension. It's yeah. the right amount of tension. It's not so much where I'm questioning, like, do I even belong here?
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's a helpful question for me too. I, so if I was to put a number on, it's probably in this uh, 50-50 arena, right? So what I'm, so I'm giving up something, what do I get in return? Um, I have to put forth some effort, but I don't get totally exhausted by that. Um, I have some responsibility for changing, fitting in, you know, the others around me, including the institution, has some degree of tolerance, some band of tolerance, some band of flexibility, so we're in that space, you know, becomes productive tension, I mean, those who are, I mean, really are a researcher, and you probably heard similar conversations around proximal learning, you know, where's that where's that level that oh this is a slam dunk this is easy you know motion for me i can just i was i was born to fill this role right so i just move into it i said earlier you can do some things automatically and i do think that's valuable in many in many ways Uh, it doesn't necessarily push you to do more it doesn't necessarily prepare you for something that was unexpected so somewhere in that realm from um there's no way in the world you know, I could fill this role either from technical expertise or psychological wiring and so forth. Absolutely no way. At best, it's like a 98%, you know, probability of failure. Right. Um, but all the way to the other extreme, like it's um there's it's, you know, there's there's an opportunity for me to to, to be successful here. So the productive piece is um I put forth some effort. <clears throat> and I get some feedback, and that feedback is developmentally oriented enough. Like um, you worked five hours for that presentation and it bombed. So I've got some data points. And then I've got some productive tension there. in there to say that, well, maybe I worked too long, too many hours, too many hours. So some of that productive part of the tension is do I have some options? You know, Can I change some of the behavior? Can I get some different input? can actually frame it differently. Those are the things that make it productive part for me. The tension part is uh, what's going to get me activated enough, you know, to even care about this. Right? And uh, activated enough and the caring part is, um, you know, what are the consequences of my my behavior? What are the rewards? What are the risks re- related to that? What's the pleasure I get from it? And, you know, those things kind of come together then it's like even like we started today i said i'm both eager and anxious right so if i was to write it out then I could, okay read the script uh if you give me all the questions in advance i can prepare for them but it's like oh, i sort of know where we're going and um i'm going to find some stuff along the way that i probably didn't even expect and that's okay so that's the other part i think that makes it productive if in the end i'm still in this growth mindset and everybody around me is in that Oh, what could we do? What could we do differently? What could we do again? Both in those moments that we would have said were successful, as well as those moments in which somebody would have said, "No, that was a that was a failure." That made there's still some learning, you know, in, in both of those areas.
0: Yeah, and um, I think that is what I was thinking of when you were mentioning um, proximal development, mm-hmm. right? For those who aren't familiar. Um, you know, the, the zone of proximal development, yeah. which I think is an educational psychology and counseling term yeah. is like um, what co- what coaches sometimes call growth edge, right? It's like mm-hmm. um, what is like a, right adjacent to your ability, but the mm-hmm. next step up in your yeah. growth and, or learning. Um, but you're just like a little, just a little out of your yep. reach. Yep. Not, not so far off that it feels like this is an impossibility, but close enough that you have to work at it, right? Yes,
1: yes yeah. You got to act, get activated on it. So it's that zone of zone of development for sure. And uh, and it's just so many different metaphors on that. I and mean, I think when so those of those that are listening and that are coaches, I think that coaching model that says, "Uh, when have you been uh, successful in a similar way? Any of that opportunity of grabbing on, you know, a, a positive, successful, productive experience." And then using that, like you're saying, Mira, what's the adjacency to that? What's the approximation? You know, if I if I uh, made a presentation to, to my direct reports, could I make a presentation to my peers? If I made a presentation? Now, there was a point in time I was sharing this with a, a colleague, good friend of mine, whose career had gone, internal career, and she had managed a group of uh, X number of people, then a slightly larger, then a slightly larger, She reminded me that all the growth, all that approximation, all that adjacency, some of it is stepwise, but in some organizations, it's exponential. Mm. So that's the kind of the interesting caveat to that. I mean, step by step, give me a little bit more a little bit more. And then at some point there, for different reasons, there may be much more of an exponential leap from what I've done in the past to what you're now asking me to do, you know, going forward.
0: Yeah. So um a couple of things that I heard about like how do you know it's productive tension? Yeah. Is number one, do I feel like I have options I can try? Mm-hmm. And number two, um, am I motivated? Yes. Like it's worth it to try. Yes. yes. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 And and um that means finding um what I'm some level of Discomfort, I'm willing to accept as part of this process yeah. because yeah. it's it's worth leaning into, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think that what I would add to that list of the two that you uh, offered, Mira, would be, um, you know, the productive the productive part of productive tension would be being in some kind of environment. Environment meaning, you know, in connection with at least one other person, but but all the way up to some, you know, organizational culture. But if I'm in that kind of environment that adds that other level of support. So those first two are in some ways pretty internal. You know, I have options and I'm, I'm motivated to do it. But the truth is we do want some reinforcement, you know, from that other person or others around me. So I do think that's that's absolutely, you know, um true as as well. Um but Great. so I would just add that, okay. to that context. Yes. So let's
0: um We're going to go into an ad break. Let's come back after the ad break to talk about that external environment as part of this as well. So again, you are listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branco, and our guest, Dr. Greg Pennington. We air Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. If you would like to join us online to our online audience and ask questions that we can answer in real time, you can find us on LinkedIn or YouTube at talkradio.nyc. And we'll be right back with our guest in just a moment.
2: Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
0: Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. back to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronco, and our guest today, Dr. Greg Pennington. Now, because we're always authentic and real on the show, I'm going to say we had some serious technical issues in the background that hopefully none of you knew about, but our production um, person, our engineer, Logan, lost power for a split second and I'm conversing, chatting on the side while I'm having a conversation with Dr. Pennington, hoping everything was okay and that people were still able to hear us. And when it comes to leadership, sometimes that is exactly the way it goes, right, Greg? Sometimes you are looking like um, a duck and everything's rolling off your back and yeah. everything's chill, but you're paddling underneath the water like crazy yeah. <laughs> because yeah. something is happening that you're not wanting to make any waves about. And that's exactly what was happening
1: here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So um, we were getting into this like really interesting conversation about um, your leadership signature. This is mm-hmm. um, Greg's framework. And how you think about that productive tension Mm -hmm. um, between finding, um, sort of meeting the sort of ideal uh, expectation or perception of what a leader should be based Mm -hmm. on your experiences versus what it makes sense for you to be like as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, some of the things that we talked about were... um, Being able to know um, your options, being able Mm -hmm. to feel motivated to lean into some of that um, question or tension or unknown um, and try things out. And then also, though, recognizing your external environment. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a a little bit more about that, because I think this is really important. What is it about the external environment that is important to a leader being able to truly um, develop their their, um, leadership signature?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think a couple of things. One is, um, <clears throat> well, and before I even answer, I would say, ex- when I talk about external environment, I, w- I would include uh, that environment of origin. So how did you grow up, you know, because that's really kind of the foundation of defining, you know, leadership and, and you know, what's where you're going to get your feedback, your uh, re- positive reinforcement and so forth on it. But then the environment part to me is, is, um, is this calibration of what I thought I was doing and what I expected as an outcome and what's the feedback that I need to tell me that I'm on track, right? Now, even saying it that way uh, maybe maybe begs the question of what do we mean by leadership? Mm. So for me, and again, we can do libraries full of things about defining leadership. So for me, it really is somehow another captured in the intentional exercise of influence, to impact the way others feel think and what they do so this intentionality of of uh, effort it's not accidental you know that I don't think that falls in the category of leadership it isn't title um it isn't self-centered and so that notion of um what am I trying to impact <laughs> and who am I trying to impact um just absolutely underscores that I can't do this in a a vacuum. So part of reading that environment and maybe dumping a bunch of terms here, but uh, the same things you are talking about, Mira, about personally as a leader or in a leadership role, I want to, I get more confidence when I think I have options, when I think I have some clarity about where the organization is going, when I think I have some clarity about um, and some confidence about what impact I can have in that. And all that just gets magnified and replicated with people around me because that whole definition of leadership and imp has to do with impacting others. So to the degree I can read and let's give some, uh, some perhaps stark stark examples. Uh, those organizations that we put in this category are as totally bottom line oriented, you know, as all the numbers be productive. That's a set of environmental clues that impacts some leadership in different ways. Not totally to the exclusion, but I need to know that in this environment, the question is gonna be, how much money did we make? How much money did we save? Even if part of the conversation is how diverse are we? How are we treating people? But I need to have some sense, think about emotional intelligence from an organizational standpoint first. I need to have some sense about what is this environment, you know, what, what are the goals and objectives and missions of this environment? And I said a, a little bit during the before the break too, what's the band of tolerance for that organization to do things differently. you, know, you could say do things differently because for the organization that's been successful for the last 50 quarters in a row or the one that's been unsuccessful for the last 50 quarters in a row, there is something about what's the appetite for doing something different. And so as a leader, somebody to come in trying to influence and impact this organization, I somehow now they need to know, um, well, they don't care about the, the money that they left off on the table because they're making so much money anyway. I've worked with some organizations where they, they didn't care about the money that they were uh, leaving on the table or losing because they're about to be sold anyway. I mean, so some of it's that nuance of what's, what's needed. Same thing about the individuals around me and in, in the team. And I have a client I was talking with yesterday who said that, and this is so common, a new hire, newly hired senior person, if you ask them, at like some point they may say, I was brought in to be a change agent. And then they might, they might wanna laugh and say, but nobody told the people that are working for me that I'm the change agent, right? So, so I come in with this <clears throat> passion and this permission to make this difference. Um, But I have to understand that that I have somebody who's working with me that's been doing it for 30 years in the last 15 leaders that he or she had said, don't worry about me or you're doing a fine job. Now, I come in wired to change things in a hurry, um, and then they are not ready to roll. So now I have to have this mindset of, can I see what they see, feel what they feel? And I go back again to what are my options? So if I have options about how to get them on board, I'm just gonna be that much more effective in the long run, versatile in the short run. Um, And then I think also more impactful as a leader because part of me on the leadership piece is certainly not not just doing it myself. Though over the years I've come to accept that by various measures, I resisted this for a long time, but by various measures, I happen to have this, I need for power. Now I can say that comfortably because sometimes I say that's the same as having a high need for influence. But if you really wanna cut through it, am I driven by the need for power slash influence? Are you driven by the need for affiliation? Are you driven by the need for achievement? I need to be clear about what really is satisfying my itch and my urge and my my motivation. Then I've gotta be able to have some degree of flexibility some diversity of of my options, because I've got diversity of resources all around me to be able to adjust to that. That's part of what I mean by the environment. It's the organization, it's also the people, and then layered into into both of those is kind of this tolerance for tolerance, exception, absorption rate for uh, doing things differently than than before.
0: Yeah, so I'm hearing a couple of things. Um, Person fit environment for Mm -hmm. leaders is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um and clarity of do you have enough clarity of what the organizational needs are the clarity of the impact that you can make mm-hmm. um and i really appreciated that your definition of leadership around influence and impact mm-hmm. um did not necessarily have any piece of it that involve positional power necessarily right. you can influence yeah. from every anywhere really yes um, as long as you're put in the right position with the right environment and a charge yes um, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah and that's intentional as well right so that's other part of it because i don't i don't i don't know if i would get um check marks for effective leadership if someone's literally said and by observation we saw that. You know, they came in and did what they're gonna do and people um looked at it and took something from it. I I don't know if that's would fall in my category of leadership. If along the way they said, Well, let me show you how I do this. And now you go do it on your own, don't bug me anymore. I do think of that as leadership because it was intentional. I wanna tell you something that I do and encourage you to do it, and then at least give you room to do it on your own. So Yeah.
0: So um, let's talk some more about your framework when we come back. Mm-hmm. Also, I just wanna say hi, Catherine Hall. I see um, LinkedIn comment. She's tuning in from New Mexico. Nice to see you here. If you do have questions, let us know, um, but thanks for tuning in. So um, you are listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branco and our guest, Dr. Greg Pennington. We air at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. We'll be right back after
2: What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Aswell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc, Fridays at noon Eastern, and Intangify, your business today. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you.
0: to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronco and our guest, Dr. Greg Pennington. Now, um, we have been talking about the right stage and circumstances for how to lean into leadership and how to find that productive tension when it Mm -hmm. comes to finding that leadership identity and um, a leadership signature. So I would love to hear more about Greg, how you, help leaders specifically think through and develop their leadership signature as they're thinking through all of these things. There's so many factors to consider. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you have mm-hmm. a six-stage model um, as you help people work through the workbook. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you help leaders either through the workbook or just through your, your coaching and work with them.
1: Sure. And the, the, the book slash workbook really was my efforts to put in one place what I found myself consistently doing over coaching engagements. So um, it really is me in print and me working with others in print. But let me go quickly through those six stages with a little bit of uh, why they're there. And it, you know, we've been talking about the first one, which is, um, you know, um, how do you even define leadership and what have you come to expect in that definition? Now, the, the pathway for people doing that, for me, that has worked has been to have them talk about uh, r- real life examples of leaders that they've experienced and doing that in a fairly detailed way. And I say leaders that are experienced. I don't want you to talk about Lee Iacocca if you never worked with him or for him, but real people, because it's just much more genuine data that has embedded in it all the emotional attractions that you had there. And every step really is driven by this notion of patterns. So who are the three leaders that come to mind? And then what's common about them? What are the patterns you see in them? And how do you define them? So the definition I gave earlier really is mine. Others may even have something that's very different. But I think you start off by saying, what do I even mean by, you know, leadership? So that's the, really the first stage. And then the second part of it is, um, you know, that uh, and people talk so much about this. Why? You know what's the mission what's your personal mission. Um, I never thought of myself as a natural born leader I can give you examples early on where oh why are they calling on me I just rather sit in the background and leave leave me alone so there's something that activation of all our behaviors and energies. That I think fall in that category of um, why do you do what you do not, what do you do, but why do you do what you do, and some of the, the work in the in terms of pathways on there is. I don't know, it's just lots of different questions. I mean, what have you been what have you been doing all of your life or most of your life? Um, when you have downtime, when you have discretionary time, when you um what are the things that you do that you suddenly realize, hey, it's been two hours. I didn't realize that. There's something that I'm wired to do as early as you pick them child development people. Maybe it's as early as three, four, five years of age, but there's something that gives you pleasure. Um for me, and we could talk more about this, um. I've been doing judo since I was 10. I've been drawing since kindergarten. Um, I've been dancing for probably the last 40, 50 years. But all those things become metaphors for how I do coaching, how I look at organizations, but there are also um, uh, sources of satisfaction. And so if I was to dissect any one of those, there's something about taking patterns and creating creating something out of those patterns. Like we said in early music, What are those specs and how do they work together? So there's something that's pleasurable about for me, whatever the personal pursuit is, professional or passion pursuit is, that's related to, hmm, what do I see? What can I add to it? How do I pull these things together? So the mission, your why is that second part there. And I do think in the work that we do mirror, sometimes people would say, I just assume be an individual contributor, you know, then a leader. So such a critical, in some ways, an obvious question, but in some ways, in many ways, a critical one. Why do you even do this? Um,
0: the, can, the third, can I ask you something mm-hmm, about sure. that before we get to the third? Um, I feel like you need to know yourself well enough to know why you do the things that you do.
1: Well, I and wouldn't. I'm sort of curious. Yeah, I wouldn't go ahead. disagree with that. I would just say that, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on this because I've. Four-year-old grandson and a one-year-old one, one year grand granddaughter, but I do believe that early, early, early on, you're getting patterns of satisfaction. So the know yourself part of it, I think, is always a valid question. I also think I also would say that sometimes when I've asked people to say, "Give me three, give me three examples of, of and make it even work-related. Give me three examples at work that use." would say would be your highlight reel in terms of I was totally satisfied with that so it isn't even necessarily them saying well when I was the leader of this or when I had this special project is somewhere by the time you get to the third one they will say oh you know it seemed like in every one of those mm-hmm. I was most excited so it's it's to know yourself sometimes that know yourself is just waiting for you to put those specs on the paper and then yeah. when you step back and you say oh that. I used to think that it was three dots. It's actually a triangle. You know, so that revelation I think is is arguably just right there, but it's also an aha because most many people don't pause long enough to say, why do I do the things that I do? And what is it about those things that I actually am trying to replicate in every other thing that I do? So good point. Do I know myself? And happens at various times, but um, if you think knowing yourself is related to, um, I am inclined to go after things that give me pleasure and I'm disinclined to go after things that give me pain. And if you are older than five or six, you got through the terrible twos, you got ample data to begin to answer that one, especially if you don't answer it in the context of a specific job or role. It's in yeah, the context yeah. of you as a person. So
0: you, you help people, um... Get to look at their data points. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. The pattern
1: there. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And just asking the question is part of that part of it. So um I do recognize that this third one is that um you know leaders have to have some vision, be able to see what's not there or see what's on the horizon. And that's not really myst- mystical mystical. Um, I think there's a, a truth if people believe that part then the question becomes, where do you get the data points? And um someone talked to me to share with me the, the metaphor of um you know the connect connective dots. So do I collect dots? So I read, I read this book and that book and that book. I went to this podcast I went there. So I'm accumulating stuff. So in the process of working with people, I, I would ask, well what do you usually read? Where do you get your where do you get your dots from? Where do you get your pixel dots from? Um, now, I work with a CEO, and when we did the talent reviews, the, the least obvious question he would always ask was, uh, I wonder what she reads, which I thought was fascinating because the truth was when I would talked to many of those executives, some of them only read technical journal, journeys journals, some of them read, I mean, it's just isolated, limited stuff. But I find a, a, a fair number of senior leaders uh, read autobiographies, read non- you know read fictions read it's something that stimulates your thinking which gives you the platform and um, as someone who reasonably creative from a drawing standpoint um i, I sometimes I used to think that people just magically pull things out but it's more factual that i've seen something I, and i unconsciously connect them together so how do i gather how do i input all of the stuff in, in order to be able to see the the vision is out there so The book has some several pathways about that. What are you you accumulating stuff? And uh, do you even have some with some fun exercises? Years ago, there was a a book called uh, Freakonomics, something like that title. And it was just fascinating from the sense of somebody would say, hmm, wonder if we put that house next to, you know, um, hemlines on skirts. What will we see as related? Just asking the questions about, hmm. so. Again, grand, grandchild reference, um, um, Sesame Street. I wonder, what if, let's try. So just that natural curiosity, I think is pretty compelling as a, as a leader. Um, two, three more, I think. Impact, you know, because uh, you do have to have some impact. I mean, I I referenced this earlier and, and for the sake of uh, representing how I think of it and maybe even narrowing it, I do think of um, impact as, uh, what buttons can i push where do i what are my what are my sources of power and influence and impact and one of them really is this need for power i can be real direct i can be uh, intentional i can take the lead um i can build collaborations you know uh i can make people feel safe number of those things so in the in the book and in the coaching engagements i will talk about um You know, well, give me some examples. So all of this is around, give me some examples. What are some real life experiences that you've had? Give me three examples of you trying to convince someone to do something different. What did you say? What were you thinking? What did you do? And and then you can dissect that one. Um, You can do some thematic analysis of that. You can do some, you know, um, um, patterns in that. And so sometimes it's very oriented to words. You know, if somebody says that, well, in this instance, I want to make sure people felt good. Or in in this instance, I want to make sure people were clear about what we were working on. Just that subtle difference gives the person some other feedback about, you know, the things that come to your mind about when you were demonstrating leadership happen to have these similarities. If that's true, then how could you be even more intentional about that one? Because that's the natural part, you know, part of your leadership signature piece on it. Um, And then the capability is the the next one in it for me. Because as a leader, I think we're all challenged to get more from more. Um, I wanna get more out of more people. I wanna fully utilize all my resources. This is the most explicit connection to me about diversity um, because I have a diversity of orientations, a diversity of wives, I have a diversity of experiences and you know, the list goes on and on. If I have diversity, I'm guaranteed to have more complexity. And if I have more complexity, I benefit from having more options. So there's an old, uh, exercise, probably from social psychology, we call it the, your least preferred coworker. So from a practical pathway standpoint, sometimes I'll ask uh, leaders, say, well, give me, uh, let's talk about the last three teams that you had, whether you inherited them or not. So um, give me their names, who are they, and tell me if you had to choose someone to lead this really important project, um, who would be your most preferred person, right? So you stack them up, right? And then, um, to the degree somebody can see an opportunity to utilize all of them, then that's a higher level of capability, fully utilizing all of my resources. But some people are pretty obviously, when they do the listing, I don't know what to do with Mira. I don't know what to do with Greg. Or, you know, I'm not going to put them on a project because that's a limiting part. And again, if I see that, the next part for me, I'm kind of figuring out what your signature is. is um, you know are you wired to build capability right? are you a leader as coach i worked with someone who said well I, my metaphor for leadership is coach like athletic coaching the truth is he was really um autocratic close to that one of those bully bosses and and um and so i said as a coach are you are you how are you as a game coach compared to a practice coach and he paused for a second and said well Actually, I'm much more a game coach. Different spin, if you didn't make the block, I pulled you out, put somebody in. You know, practice coach, what happened on that play? What were you missing? What? Did you... So they were clear about their style, less clear about the implications of it and the limitations of it. So you get some of that pieces there as well. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um... Let's continue the conversation about being wired to build capability after the next um, ad break. You're listening to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Branku, and our guest, Dr. Greg Pennington we will be right back in just a moment. Are you a high achieving growth oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi. I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, host of The Hard Skills, on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hey,
2: everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic
0: Welcome back to the Heart Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branco, and our guest, Dr. Pennington. Now, we have talked about the first five of his six steps to developing that um, signature leadership, that leadership signature. Um, define leadership, right? Um, why you do the things that you do. Vision, how do you get to it? impact, and influence, and capability, and also um how are you wired to build that capability, and that's where kind of the diversity piece starts hitting as yeah. well. Yeah. There's one more piece that's yeah. left. What is yeah. that last piece, Dr.
1: Penn? The, the, the last piece is what is your legacy, and that was interesting in that um can you actually define Find your legacy. Do you purposefully build it, and maybe there's an argument for both of those. The truth is that um others talk about your legacy. So what what difference did you make to whom, and what is said about you after you're gone, or what have you uh set in motion that survives your 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 uh, your transitioning, you know, afterwards. So on the on the on the legacy pieces, that's probably the least um. Uh, self-centered one in, in the book, but is it's that but the push in the in the book is to get a sense about um, what would people say about you right or what uh, in the organization still exists about you. Um, and so that's been fascinating too, to get people to say, um, you know, you know my legacy, I see it in the people that were left behind after I was gone. Here are the systems I put in place. Um, so that list is of really more sobering in a sense of, um, um, and it's in some ways a transition from the, from the personal responsibility that's implied in everything else. What's your signature? What have you done? How do you impact? And so it's an attendant or noticeable shift from, um, after you've done all you can do, what difference did it make in the eyes of others? And that's a humbling piece of it, Mira, And, you know, for people to say, um, oh, yeah, she was here or he was here, but I don't remember what they did. Um, Now, can I predict that? I don't know. But maybe that goes back to where we started, that productive tension. You know, am I doing this for me? Am I doing it for the organization? Am I doing it for this moment in time? Or am I doing it for some, you know, continuation of of time after I'm gone, after I've moved on?
0: Yeah, and, and I think what's important here is intentionality. Right. This is really what we're talking about in terms of how you help leaders, how I help leaders. Um, What we try to pull out is if you're going to get all the way to that legacy piece, you do Mm -hmm. have to be intentional all the way. And if you're going to be um, intentional Mm -hmm. about um, what's important to you, why is it important? Mm -hmm. How do you go about doing it? You will get there. Um, But it does take um, slowing down and thinking through, and that's exactly, it sounds like what you help leaders do through your books, through your work is helping them slow down and think more intentionally around their leadership signature.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and hearing you say it too, uh, Mira, just reminds me and pulls out even more explicitly that each one of those steps is, you know, to contribute into each of the other steps, you know, my vision really should include, um, we can do some things now, you know, or I can see some things that are happening in the next three months, six months. How far out can I see beyond that? Because that does inform and influence everything else I do. How far can I see? And clearly the capability part is, is that as well. I mean, sometimes I talk about, uh, and in, in this interaction, sometimes we talk about delegation, and it's, it's another aha moment for people to realize that sometimes they delegate for delivery And sometimes they delegate for development. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give Mm -hmm. a project to you because it's due on Friday and the board can't take any mistakes. I'm gonna give another person a project that uh, they can stumble with, but next year, next quarter, they have that much more capability. So even in the capability arena, it's there's a legacy focus. If we think about legacy as continuity and and a sustainability.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Mm-hmm. What is one thing you would like people to take away and where can they find you if they need more?
1: Yeah, I think what I would what I would love for people to take away is that,, um, um, you know, just just I would love for people to take away accepting the fact that I have some agency about what happens to me and what happens to others and uh, I can do it in a genuine way that really does represent my signature, my style, and there's some value in me bringing my whole self to this and and making a difference in that regard. And uh, people can find me, I'm so easy to find. So uh, if uh, my website is pinpointconsultinggroup.com, there it is
0: there Absolutely. it is isn't it gorgeous I'm um, if you're watching live or if you're going to watch the recording here it is i'm always drooling over his website I really obviously do. he adds his own artistic spin to everything so it's just beautiful
1: yeah and it feels like me too even the pcg pinpoint consulting group you know passion and commitment lead to growth and pinpoint as in pennington i can go on and on but that's certainly an example of somebody who was a little introverted and somewhat humble saying i want to find the blend that says i'm confident and and proud of myself without it come across as cocky but that's where you can find me and linkedin's as, as well and uh don't hesitate to reach out to me call me i try to respond to, i probably respond to 95 percent of the people who say do you have a minute so I uh, would love to say get connected and stay connected to any and all of you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Again, that's Penn, P-E-N-N, Point, mm-hmm. PenPointConsultingGroup.com. You can find him or, of course, at LinkedIn. So yeah. thank you, Dr. Thank Greg you. Pennington, for being on the show.
1: Thank you. It's been for
0: um, those of you looking for a structured, results-driven method to develop your leadership identity and effectiveness, especially a women's centered group. Applications for our 2024 Towerscope Scope Leadership Academy, as a reminder, are open through January 22nd. You can head over to our website, www.gotowerscope.com, click on Leadership Academy. If it seems like a good fit, I would recommend not st- staying in your head, wondering if you should apply, just apply right away set up the interview early because we do make decisions as we begin interviewing and we have limited slots you might as well just try so audience what did you take away from our conversation with dr pennington and more importantly what's one small change you can implement this week based on what you learned from greg he shared a lot of implementable practical things that you can start right away and you can also buy his book and work through it because it's a workbook. So what's one small thing, one small change, share it with us on LinkedIn at Mira or at talkradio.nyc. So we can cheer you on as also at Greg Pennington. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch at talkradio.nyc all over the place. But LinkedIn is where I live. I'm pretty sure it's where he lives online. So come join us there. In addition to being a live show, we're on iTunes and Spotify. Come join us there, leave a review, share with others. And thank you to talkradio.nyc for hosting. I'm Dr. Mira Branco, your host of the Heart Skills Show. Thank you for joining us today with Dr. Pennington. Have a great rest of your day, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you, Greg.